Welcome to the V Podcast, where we interview inspiring people from the vegan community. Together, we're going to talk about health, ethics, sustainability, fitness, and the list goes on. Here's your host, Andrea Ronica. Hello, everyone, and happy to have you back on the V Podcast. I hope you had or you're going to have an amazing day. But if your day didn't start with the right food, no worries, we can fix that. This is one of those episodes I'm really excited about, and I'm sure you're wondering what's going on, Andrea. Hold on a sec, and let me introduce our amazing guest of today's episode. She's the CEO and founder of Reform. Let's give a warm welcome to Geraldine Stark. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hi, everyone. I'm really happy to have you on the show. Thank you for coming, Geraldine. And I have so many questions for you and about your company. So without further ado, let me tell our listeners what's the aim of Reform. They're helping dairy farmers transition out of milk production and turn their farms into animal sanctuaries and make a living from producing fresh plant-based milks. But let me tell you a thing. Before the episode, I did a little research about you. I went over to your LinkedIn and I have found you did some incredible experiences in the past. So I'd love to know a bit about your background. What's your story? Yeah, it's true. It's a bit, bit crazy and all over the place. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm initially from uh, the hospitality industry. So that's what I studied. Um, I worked in uh, management in restaurants and hotels. So obviously... Um, this is not very vegan friendly places. Um, was working in France and, and, you know, meat heavy restaurants and things like that. That was before I went vegan and I actually made the transition while I was working at a, at a, as a heavy meat, uh, focused restaurants, grill restaurants, actually. Um, and so, um, after becoming vegan, I started to, you know, want to do something else, uh, want to work where, you know, that is more aligned with my values. Um, so I started different things. I, I, I worked, um, I created an online shop in France, um, to sell vegan products. Um, I worked a little bit as well on trying to create, um, an event management planning company where I was helping people when they wanted to do more green vegan weddings and things like that. Um, and at some point as well with a group of people, we tried to, uh, uh create a vegan village in Portugal. Uh, so this will all this kind of side product, I would say. Um, and at the same time, um, I learned to code. I became a software developer. <laughs> Thanks to my husband, who is a professional software developer. Um, just because we wanted to travel the world and, you know, be nomads. We loved, uh, working from abroad and from home. Um, so yeah, so I, I started to learn that and this allowed us to, to, to be able to travel the world and, and decide to, to move here in Spain where we are living now. Um, so this is what I did for, for a while. And, and then, um, now two and a half years ago, I started working on, on reformed. And at the same time, I become a mom three years ago. So wow, that's also a full-time job I have on the side. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> oh yeah. That's definitely a job. Like being a mom is no joke. <laughs> so I'm no expert about being a parent, <laughs> but I'm sure it's like, it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort, but I guess it's worth it. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, the Absolutely. best thing. <laughs> Absolutely. So would you like to elaborate on what reform is just to have a better understanding of its goal? Yeah. Um, so um, I was aware a bit about um, 
organization that were helping farmers out, you know, that wanted to transition. I was always very captivated by that and, and, you know, learning about that. Um, But it seemed it was always a very long um, and costly process um, to make this transition uh, because it was not really approached from a business side. It was more approached, you know, um, by um, organization that, that tried to raise funds for them or connect them with the right people to, to help them make the shift. And it usually required a lot of, of, of funds to, to make the shift and time, you know, to, to, to build um, new um uh, places or, or reform the barns or start, you know, regenerating the soil um, because you cannot just use the soil that was used by animals to start producing human food. Um, so it seemed like a long and costly process. And um, I was just thinking, you know, there are so many farmers that want to get out of it for different reasons. Um, and it would be great to have a solution that was easier, quicker, and, and less risky for them because, you know, when it's your family uh, run farm that you have since, you know, so many years, um, you cannot just say, okay, I'm just going to try something else. You know, it's, 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 yeah, it's your life's work and your family's and you have a lot of peer pressure as well. So they need to have a bit more security um, and guarantees when doing so. Um, so yeah, that's why I thought I wanted to have a model that was easier. And so in our case, what we do is that um, we really provide them with a new business model. Um, we help them we handle everything around it. So we provide them for free um, with the equipment to make the plant milk, with the recipe, the process. We handle the marketing, we handle uh, logistics, distribution. Um, we handle the customers, customer side. Um, so they really can focus only on making the milk and you know, working on the farm because that's already a lot of work and, and handling the animals because we ask the farmers to keep their animals to become an animal sanctuary. So they still have, you know, to work daily uh, in the sanctuary um, and on the farm. So we're really trying to do that to make it as easy as possible for them and, and basically provide a um, keen hand solution for them and that requires no investment from their side. Um, so that's that's really what we're trying to do. Oh, yeah, no, it totally makes sense. I mean, even like if I pretend, like, let's pretend I was a dairy farmer and have this kind of like uh, opportunity. And I'm sure it would be scary because as you said, all my life has been built around uh, dairy farm. And obviously it, it's definitely a big jump, a big jump to make. And it's awesome. There are like uh, organizations like yours helping them out because I don't think they would receive a lot of help from anywhere else. So that's, that's awesome that you're mm-hmm. out there. And how many people are working with you? Um, so we are about seven core team members and then we have five or six volunteers come and go as it depends. Uh, but right now we're actually in a phase where I pause the whole thing and I'm remodeling the whole concept, uh, because we now have one year experience where we worked with three farmers, um, to produce the plant milk. So we, we have them transition to producing plant milk. Um, and so we encountered obviously a lot of challenges like in any startup and we are learning from that and trying to remodel, um, everything. So I'm really right now in the middle of doing that because whilst we were actively working with those farmers, you know, you don't really have time to take a step back and think. So right now is the right moment to do that. Um, and also because until now we were self-funded and we will now reach a point where we need external funds. So I'm working with business advisors and partners to come up with a good plan um, to really uh, make it work um, and be able to scale up uh, uh, yeah, and just continue what we're doing. 
Yeah, no, no, it totally makes sense. And uh, that's absolutely, uh, that's absolutely an interesting thing. Like you're definitely uh, taking it to the next level for sure. And I was wondering, how is the company uh, organized? I mean, how do you make a living out of this? And how do dairy farmers make a living out of this? Like, because you told me like you sell, sorry, you sell like um, plant-based milks. But I mean, I, I can only imagine how expensive it is to actually uh, give food to a cow or any other big animal. Like, so I'm really curious about that. Um, so just to answer quickly the first question with the, our business model, basically, um, is that we um, the, the customers subscribe through our platform. So it's a subscription-based model where they pay monthly and they get a weekly delivery. Um, and so from the subscription, we take a percentage that we, we take for us as Refarm. We are, we are um, a limited company. And this um, allows us to, over the course of several months, obviously, to start reimbursing the fees we had to pay, you know, for the equipment and to start being able to buy more equipment for more farmers. So basically every farm that is transitioning with us helps us, helps another farm. Um, so, and obviously all the operational costs and everything and the rest goes to the farmer. And so, yeah, definitely uh, when a, a farm is making dairy, a cow is producing much more liters of milk than we can, you know, Especially here, we are not transforming them into huge factories. It's still small scale, medium scale production, you know, in a small production room, handmade basically, but that's also the concept, you know, to have a handmade fresh, farm fresh uh, plant milk that you will not get otherwise. Uh, but obviously this also come with challenges of scaling and production. Um, so definitely there will be producing much less quantities than cow's milk, but the difference is, um, when they're selling cow's milk, they're not they're not the ones really earning the money. You know, they're going through big processors and big companies who come and collect the milk. And these companies decide on the prices every month, um, uh, how they're going to buy the milk at what, what cost. And in most cases, they even sell for less than production costs. So they, they're not really earning. They're losing a lot of money. And the, the, to maintain all this machinery, the cost, electricity, the machinery, um, the water used for that is huge. And a big, um, and a big difference as well is that, um, animals that are used for, for food, they have a special feed. They get animal feed on top of hay and grass. And this is about 30% of the cost a farm has is just this animal feed. Um, and, when obviously we work with them and we transition to a sanctuary, we don't have any more need we don't, we, of this feed. We don't need the animals to be more productive, you know, to gain more mass or to produce more milk. We just need them to be healthy. And what's a natural, you know, food for cows is grass or hay. So we remove that part. So the farm starts saving 30% already just by that, by that move. Um, and it's, in most cases, they also produce their own hay or, or grass. So they can reduce the cost like this and from the other side they will produce less milk but they will earn much more from this milk so we're still in the experimental phase so i cannot tell you you know no it's perfectly working we're still developing the model to try to find a way to make it work but our idea is really that producing plant or dairy alternatives so we'll not stop only with milk it's going to be all other types of dairy alternative, plant cheeses, plant yogurts, and all that. Um, so obviously, the more products they're going to make, the more they're going to be able to profit from that. Um, but the idea is really 
that they can support themselves and the sanctuary with that so they don't rely on donations or anything else. Um, and another important part we, we are thinking about um, adding as well for the farmers who want is the educational part. So they will be able to participate in, in speeches, um, do visits on the farm for classes, in you know, schools and things like that to educational materials and to get compensated for that as well. Oh, that's that's really interesting. That's really interesting. Like you really thought about everything, and that, that's awesome. Like, yeah. and um, oh yeah, no, you did. And <laughs> I was thinking, like, for what I know, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, dairy farmers receive quite a lot of money from the government to actually produce milk. So, how does it work when uh, you are making plant-based milk? Do you still receive funds from the government, or is it like? different in any way so yeah that's that's a very good uh question and that's something we're really working on is to try to help farmers keep the subsidies so the subsidies what they're getting from the government uh for um and yeah if they wouldn't have that they would be bankrupt from for for a long time because yeah they're just not making money with it um so when when we work with them and the transition we're trying to help them to keep the subsidies and for now and with the tree farms we're working that has worked um because um, government is not paying them specifically to exploit animals or to kill them or to do something like that. It's it's more about how many animals you have and how much land you have. So and because that doesn't change, they keep the animals, they, they keep the land. They can continue to apply to the same cities. Over time, it might change. They might see that there is more and more, you know, sanctuaries basically profiting from that, but that's not the case. And we also at the same time are talking to, you know, people working um, uh, in the parliament and things like that, that are really trying to push for new bills and, and things like that to support uh, more. So it's not, usually it's not about ethics in this case, it's more about sustainability, you know, that to help support farmers that transition to plant-based agriculture or that make that make move, moves about um, towards a more sustainable uh, future. So we are hoping that at some point as well, they get more support from that. But we are definitely not waiting uh, for the government to do things because, yeah, it, it, yeah, it might can not, take quite some time. Yeah, you know, know, it can take a time, and and usually it works the other way around. You know, they have to see it works that you know um, people can be successful by transitioning, and then they will start supporting. Uh, but for now, yeah, we're really trying to work to help them keep at least the subsidies they have. Absolutely, absolutely. I didn't know that. That's really interesting. I thought it was just related to the milk production, but actually it's just uh, not about the milk. So that's really interesting. That's really interesting. And I went over to your website where there is a map of mm-hmm. every century. And I've seen that in Italy, there is one in the in the center of Italy, close to Bologna. And uh, But I haven't seen any other century in Italy, but since I live close to the, the border with Switzerland, there is actually uh, one that I've seen. And I was wondering, can I, if I want to, for instance, have uh, fresh oat milk to my house, can I order it from Switzerland and make it come to my house, even if I'm in two different countries? Or do I have to order from one in Italy? Um, so there are two things. So the first thing, the map you mentioned probably on the, uh, on the website is not a map yeah. of the farmers. It's a map of okay. the people that would want right. to buy a drink. So this is a um, right. we made we made like a we made like a, a form and we tried to reach out to people before even working with farmers to see where is the most interest 
um, of people, you know, that would like uh, to support this kind of thing and buy fresh oat milk from a farm. And that's how we regroup this thing. For now, we only work with three farmers, so two in Switzerland and one in the UK. So because we started in 2020. Um, but w- with the farmers, the two farmers in Switzerland, uh, we stopped collaboration now. They decided to stop collaboration and to continue on their own. And that's why we're now kind of shifting the model to really um, understand, you know, the needs of farmers and to come up with something that farmers really want. Um, but, and to answer to your second question, if you, we, we, we ask farmers to produce the milk with local ingredients. So it's only made with local ingredients and it's only sold locally. So you have to be kind of in the radius. So if it's in other country, not for now in the current model, that would not work. Uh, we're really trying to keep it local. It's also complicated, especially with Switzerland, for example, that is not in the EU and everything, you know, to have this cross-border um, deliveries and things like that. I hope in the future you will be able to actually ship because I would definitely be a loyal customer. <laughs> well, well, we just need to have a farm working then there and they can deliver you. Sure, <laughs> sure, that would sure, be the, sure. No, it totally the easiest sense. way. It totally yeah. makes sense. I have a farmer close to my house, so we can just like knock at his door <laughs> exactly. and say, hey, we have an opportunity for you. And talking about like the actual process of uh, like the actual process to actually switch from a dairy farm to a sanctuary. Uh, what what are these steps to actually do that? So we are trying tra- still working on that, and we are trying to create a whole network around us from professionals, you know, uh, veterinarians um, and things like that, because we are no experts in that. Um, and we ha- were kind of lucky that two of the farms we are working with, they were already sanctuaries, so we really helped them more on the business side of it. Um, and and the third farm, we were. Uh, working um, with another organization from Switzerland that helps farmers get into sanctuaries. So they were more responsible for this part. Um, but the idea, um, if it's a dairy farm, so they're milking cows, the, they will just stop slowly uh, milking the cows and, and we, we can help. If they don't have this knowledge, we put them in touch with professionals on that to help them um, help them help the cow stop sorry um, uh, producing milk is just uh, it will take a bit long a bit longer you know so that it's more comfortable for the animal but there is a, a process and it's doable uh, without a problem to just reduce slowly and slowly how much you milk the cow and they they will start producing and you know a cow only produces milk if she has a baby so because obviously they're becoming a sanctuary they're not going to impregnate them anymore so um, once they are slowly stopping production, they won't start, you know, lactating just like that again. Um, sadly, in most cases, when we, we you know, when you go to a, f- uh, a dairy farm, there's always a few of them that are pregnant because it's, a, you know, it's a cycle. They're always going to be uh, producing and not every cow is in heat at the same moment. So you all, re- all the year round was almost you have a pregnant cow. So when we work with uh, a dairy farm, they usually have a lot of them that are pregnant. But in this case, because we are, you know, uh, helping them become a sanctuary, for the first time, the babies got to stay with the, with the mothers and they will stay there. So there, they don't really have to um, do anything to stop, you know, milking the cows. They just let the babies with them um, and slowly. And, you know, by reducing the animal feed as well, this animal feed is something very um, nutritive and, 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 and fat and, and that, you know, stimulates them to produce more and by reducing that and and going back to grass and so they start as, as well producing less to a more normal you know quantity i'll be honest with you before going vegan i thought like cows were producing milk just 
because they were producing milk. I I never asked myself yeah. how was that possible. <laughs> I'm sure I wasn't the only one. There are many people that think the cow just produced milk because yeah, they, me too. But yeah, okay, so I'm not alone. But mm. yeah, but they're just mammals, like uh, you know, like us, and uh, obviously they have to be pregnant in order to produce milk, and to they need to have a baby. The baby will be taken away, and we know unfortunately the the whole story of that. And um, yeah, so you were mentioning before that you were facing, you were facing obviously as a startup, some issues. And I was wondering what's the biggest issue you're facing as a company and what's the biggest issue the farmers are actually facing while, you know, transitioning to, to being a sanctuary? Um, for us as a company, I'm not sure which one to pick. <laughs> there are so many <laughs> <laughs> challenges. You know, we're trying to do something where we don't have much of other examples or you know knowledge out there we're really doing things a bit differently um and like someone told me once it's like we're having five startups in one startup because we're handling you know the logistics we're handling the product we hand work with the farmers um so it's a lot and we are no experts in any field so we're really learning from 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 the bottom and we put a lot of values on um you know obviously the ethical side of it but not just that for example the milk the milk is only made with local ingredients we only sell it locally um it's organic it's made fresh it's not something you can keep in the in the store you know for a month uh it's in glass bottles reusable glass bottles so we really put a lot of things to to try to 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 make it as sustainable as possible, um, that the farmers profit from it, that customers profit from something that is healthy and sustainable. Um, and so, yeah, we, we put a lot of that. So there are definitely a lot of challenges. I think that's one of the big ones is that um, there is no no much other company organization that we can look up to um, to, you know, see what they have been done. We're needing to, like, collect parts and bits from everywhere um, and trying to do our own stuff. So sometimes it's a bit uh, scary because there's really a lot of demand and we see there's definitely where the future farming is going. Um, but we are no experts, so sometimes it's, it's a bit daunting. Um, but I think more and more people are really interested and passionate and want to do things. So we have more and more people uh, really getting there and helping. And um uh, yeah, I think, and then we have lots of small things, you know, like product, creating a product. And, um, you know, for us, Refarm is not about a product, but obviously we cannot ask people to buy our product just to buy the product to support us. They need to like it as well. So we have a lot of competition and we don't have the same, um, you know, we are, don't have the same capabilities as these big companies. We are, we don't have huge factories, huge machinery, huge funds. We don't have R&D um, for several years, you know, and, and things like that. So we are facing as well a tough competition on this side, um, even if I don't really see that competition, but still for customers, that's what it is. Um, and also trying to, at the same time, produce something that is not too expensive to not be too, you know, a premium product because we want to reach as much people uh, as we can. Um, so these are definitely changes and distribution, um, like I mentioned initially, is, is really difficult. Um, so that's for our part. And and for um, the farmers, something that came uh, a lot is definitely peer pressure. Um, they're, you know, even if they made the change or see uh, that the change could be better for them, is more difficult to convince your family, um, friends, and other farmers. And usually they're in areas where they have a lot of farmers around them. So when you're changing, you're the only one. It's it's hard. And those who made a change, some 
really suffer from it, are bullied, bullied from this. And so that's really important when they make the transition that they see that they have another community now supporting them. And that's really what we are seeing since we started Reform. That, that, and that makes me so, you know, excited and, and, and hopeful um, is so many people want to support, you know, this pharmaceutical transition um, and really love what they're doing and want to support them. And I think that's so important for these farmers to see that because it's so hard for them to see that, okay, but they still have other people who support them, who love what they do, who, who see um, that's so important and, and that will support them. So, yeah, I think that's one of the biggest, um, biggest thing. And also, you know, trusting to do a change in something you have no knowledge about. I know most of these farmers have never even mostly heard about plant-based milk, have no idea how it's done, don't even know if there is demand out there. Uh, so they kind of need to trust, you know, everything on that. Um, and so that's also very, yeah, very scary. Yeah, no, they definitely have to trust you. But again, you, as you said, like the community is huge and I'm sure like people, as you said, will continue supporting uh, what you're doing, support a farmer, farmers turning uh their you know their farm into centuries and that's i mean in one hand in one hand and they will always receive support from us from the community from everyone and uh i was wondering since you told me that those farmers got bullied probably for you know the deciding to to go plant-based did ever someone try to uh, sabotage in a way your work or like because I feel like you're doing what you're doing is great, but some people might not be happy about what you're doing. So, did ever someone try to sabotage your work? Um, not really. We had a few negative comments, you know, from from farmers or that don't really believe this is okay. a solution. On that, you know, uh, we are we are very um, cautious about how we communicate. Um, you know to um because we need to we work with farmers so we 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 also um we don't want to scare them off uh but we also want to we see to to start you know talking about the message and uh, educating people as well um so it's a it's a delicate thing but you know the thing is that we are not trying to convince farmers we are not um telling farmers what to do we are only working with farmers that want help so they can't really you know, say something because, yeah, you know, if the farmers see this is not a solution, then okay, no problem. We are only working with those who want to be helped, you know, and so nobody can blame us for helping people that want to be helped. So, yeah, no, I must say really we didn't get much. Well, we just started as well, so it might come. We personally didn't get much backlash. No, really. Um, um, the farmers themselves, Yes, but not specifically from working with us because, as I mentioned, two of them already transitioned to a sanctuary a few years ago. So they they uh, sometimes have this pressure, peer pressure, you know, um, ridiculing them or, you know, telling them it's, it's not worth it, it's not going to work or, you know, it's, it's sometimes they also feel a bit um, because some of these farmers start, you know, talking about it, making even speeches and things like that. And so they feel, you know, attacked by it because um, they feel like they're uh, saying false information on what, you know, lots of farmers say that, you know, when you tell them how dairy works, they tell you, no, that's wrong. There is a purpose why we do that. And no, we don't take the babies away. No, we don't do that and that. Um, so when a farmer says it, obviously um, it's different and they, they might feel threatened. That's that's always the, it always come back to the same. They feel threatened. They feel threatened to lose their business. Um, and, you know, you 
just being attached to something you grew in and that for you is normal because you grew in that. Um, so that's a bit difficult. But we, yeah, we didn't, yeah, for now we didn't get much of that. that that's awesome. That's awesome. That's great. I mean, yeah. yeah. And uh, like, is there a story of a dairy farmer you want to share with us? Maybe something that you really, uh, I mean, you really got attached to it and you really, you think it's important to share it because maybe it can inspire others to make a change. Hmm. <laughs> Lots of inspiring <laughs> stories. Um I mean, yeah, all those farmers we were working with, it's, it's, they're really pioneers in this, you know, pioneers in this. So they're, Absolutely. they're taking such a leap of faith. And, and, and so just for that, it's just, it's just amazing. And, um, oh, yeah. We're working, for example, with uh, Jane Katya Wild from the UK. They were quite famous because they were in the documentary 73 Cows. If, um, you haven't seen to, it, you should all look. It. Yeah. It's amazing. I have to watch so, it. Yeah. 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 Um, and we actually started working with them and now they're producing the, the milk with us um, as part of a business model for them. Uh, but they're, yeah, they're just amazing people um, making this transition so late uh, in the years and, you know, after living so long on this farm and they're just the most sweet and kind people you can imagine. Uh, you can see it in the video, but in real life it's the same. And they, yeah, it's just amazing working with them um yeah it just where are they based in the uk in just ashbourne let our listeners know in Ash which is clo ashbourne is it close, close to london um no. almost three hours so i would not say <laughs> it's more north yeah. um i'm really bad at yeah. uk map mapping but um <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay that's great <laughs> but yeah but at least like if you're in london if you want to go for a trip on i don't know your weekend you can definitely go there and maybe get some fresh old milk. Could be an idea. Yeah, it's it's in the so it's in the middle Midlands, they say, I think. Um okay. so for now we just stop production because we're really in the middle of, you know, re remodeling yeah. everything. Yeah. Uh, but hopefully at in some some months we'll start again and we're um selling in a, several shops and cafes and restaurants in like an area around them. Uh I'm not sure yet if we'll go to London, for example, or not. There was we were thinking about it, um, but we have to see how it goes. Uh, but yeah, yeah London would definitely be awesome because I've been yeah. to London like six times. I'm sure you have been to London many times as well. Not yet. And there, not yet actually. No yet. Not yet. How come? How well, come? I was supposed yeah. to go this year, but obviously with the virus and everything, it just has been impossible. Sure. But no, that's one of the places I haven't been yet. You have <laughs> to go there. It's like vegan heaven, like yeah. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Uh, it's like also Berlin. It's another vegan friendly city, but London is amazing. Like uh, you have to go to the Veg Fest if you haven't. Oh. It's like a fantastic uh, convention, call it whatever you want. It's like a meeting where you can find all amazing vegan brands, but all in one spot. So if you ever, I mean, whenever COVID will be over, I definitely wish you to 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 be there. And I was wondering, like. What kind of issues are you facing right now during this pandemic? Is there, I mean, yeah, is there any problem with it, with the pandemic or it didn't affect you in any way? 
No, it definitely slowed us down. Um, okay. For many reasons. For example, we were just starting this year with the three farmers. So obviously we wanted to go on site and be there. We could go on site with the Swiss farmers uh, two times, but not with the UK farmer. We've never been able to go there. Um, so we had to do everything by the distance and that's not so great, um, you know, to launch something without being there, without, you know, being able to, to really support them and, you know, go meet customers, meet the shops and everything. Um, so that was a bit difficult um, to do everything like this. And also once we started production, because we, we are working with pickup points that are usually shops or restaurants, the problem is because of the pandemic and different restrictions that came in place, some shops had to close, then different hours, then restaurants had to close. So we were constantly needing to figure out to change the routes. And, and, and this was this was really, logistics was a nightmare this year. And that definitely all, the cost of it and the organization of it is just a nightmare. That's why they're, they're, they, they are logistic companies. And that's what we're going to probably do is to outsource now the logistics because that's a, a real, yeah, a real hassle. Yeah, no, I totally understand that. So is there like a way uh, people can actually help you out? Um, so for now, well, the best way was to buy the milk if you're around it, obviously. Um, sharing as much as you can about us because that really gives us opportunities. And especially now we are really in the middle of um, trying to get external funds because until now we were self-funded. Um, and now to be able to scale and to come back yeah, better. We really need external funds. So we are talking with investors, VCs. Uh, we're also looking for grants, different grants, uh, probably applying for some governmental grants as well. Um, and because we, we also have a lot of people that would like to, um, like you just said, help, but cannot buy the milk. Um, and we are not a non, uh, uh, a non for profit, so we cannot take on donations. Uh, we are, um, about to, uh, create a foundation. Uh, to to be able to support to have a, that will be the mission um, of supporting farm shift um, in general and that would be able to support um, projects like reform but also come uh, creating you know educational content um, and everything like that so that will be hopefully soon we'll be able to do that but for now it's mainly you know following us and, and sharing and talking from about us and everything yeah yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Also, like, are you thinking also maybe about making merchandise or something? Like, that would be, or you cannot do it, like... Uh... No, we could, we could. For now, really, we, we haven't even have time to think about that, honestly. Oh, sure. <laughs> um, sure, no, I, I can imagine, like, how busy is your day. <laughs> but, well, especially, yeah, working with three farms at once on the first year was a bit too much in different countries with a pandemic on top of that and we not being experts on this was yeah was really difficult uh, that's why we kind of took a step back now uh, to really rethink everything and and to come back much more yeah organized and and doing it better yeah strong, uh yeah definitely <laughs> um but yeah merchandise can be at some point uh, that would be nice to have a little refound cows or yeah, I, I love or... that i love to see that i love to see that i would definitely I say, again, I would definitely be a customer also of the merchandising, whatever you <laughs> will release it. Just hit me up and I will get some. <laughs> and um, so how do you see the future, the future of dairy farming? Well, plant based. <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. I, I, I agree with I you mean, on that one. That's really the whole mission really of Refound is to, it's a small one, you know, it's just changing all the farmers in the world. <laughs> 
It all very, starts very from small there. Mission. It all starts from the idea. <laughs> but no, yeah, really, but... We, uh, it might not be the only solution for farmers. Um, and, and it's great because there are other solutions and more and more, you know, some switching to mushrooms, production mushrooms, growing hemp. Hemp is, is something that is going to be more and more used. Um, some go into, you know, um, uh, touristic things, you know, there are many different possibilities of vertical farming or sustainable energies. Um, there are really many more opportunities now and more and more people working in this and trying to put, you know, their heads together to, to think about that. So that's really great. Um, because I think if we don't really help them move to plant-based, you know, and, and, and in a sense, profit from the plant-based uh, food industry because um, if we don't do that, what's going to happen is that the s- small and medium-scale farmers are just going to uh, just going to go bankrupt and and shut down. Uh, but the problem is we're not changing really deeply the problem, and we're still going to have this huge factory farm. It's just going to end up like this. We're just going to have this huge factory farms and no more small farms. But we're not going to have solved the problem. You know, we're still going to have these farmers and, and these animals being exploited. But if we help the small and medium scale one transition, um, in my opinion, uh, farmers who make the transition are the best advocates we can have for our movement because they know exactly what's going on in this industry. And if they say it's not okay, you know, then who can tell them anything, you know? Mostly when you talk to people, they will say to you, oh yeah, but no, it's not true. Or, you know, we need, I want to support farmers, so I will, not, I will continue eating meat or dairy. But if farmers tell them, no, don't do that, you know, uh, then what exactly. can I say? And, and yeah, and uh, in my opinion, if you really want to help farmers, you need to help them get out of the system because this system not only exploits animals, but exploits people as well because it, it's just a horrible industry. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Indeed, I'm. When you were talking, I was thinking about like I've heard some people saying, "Oh yeah, no, I totally support uh, veganism. I'm for veganism, but I will continue eating meat." Like, exactly. <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't really make sense. I mean, how can you support something by paying for that for the opposite of that to happen? So, it's a little bit uh, confusing. And so absolutely, it's fantastic that dairy farmer can actually speak up and uh, help other maybe dairy farmers uh, do that transition. And so to end this interview, I wanted to ask you, what kind of advice would you give to a dairy farmer? If a dairy farmer is listening right now, hopefully it is. So what kind of advice would you, advice would you give him? Um, yeah, we're not yet to the point where I could just say, you know, Come everybody, we'll, we can help you all because we need to be working slowly, slowly with one farmer at a time. And we already have a waiting list of farmers, you know, that um, contacted us and then they want help uh, getting out there. But um, there are more and more resources now. For example, um, Surge, the organization Surge, um, you know, from Earthling Ed, if you know about him, they oh, created yeah, a I whole pamphlet and a whole, um, um, yeah, they, so they That's created fantastic. a whole... Thing that you can it's download. Awesome. I don't remember the name now. It's called. Um, I think it's, you just go on the website. Uh, Milk. This is your moment. Um, because there was a campaign like this from the dairy, and they made a counter campaign. And there you can download everything. If you are a farmer, they have a whole page for for you um, where they give all the possible um, solutions and contacts. And and so they're also mentioning these other things like mushrooms and hemp and everything. And 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 just beginning to look into options would be the first step to think 
what would you know excite you or motivate you to continue doing because I think that's something very important is not to just transition the farm is to find something they would be passionate about they would love about and they will see you know that it makes sense because that's what they're doing right now they're actually passionate about what they're doing they're passionate about having the animals and raising them and proud of that and proud of making a product so we're really trying in our case we're also trying to do that is to really have them involved in it and be proud and and liking what they're doing so it might not be plant-based milk for some it might be mushrooms or it might be educational content or tourism or anything but just you know looking into all the options can give you like a bit of hope, you know, and then sure. starting to reach out because in some cases it takes a while to just get, you know, get it started. But just, you know, just reaching out, starting to look more into it as the first best step. And if you have the chance to have a farmer not too far near, near you, you know, that already transitioned, go meet him, talk with him. And, and that's that's really something we would like is for farmers that are going to be transitioned now with us. We're going to have them visit the farms we already transitioned so they can see the production. They can talk with farmers, you know, talk to like-minded people that have gone through the same because we are not farmers. We don't have this. So it's really important for us. And we're also trying to create this a support group, you know, for farmers that can help themselves, you know, between them um, because they know what they talk about. So I think definitely starting to, to look uh, and to reach out to people, to reach out to ex-farmers, their their list, their website with the list of all the ex-farmers, just starting reaching out and and, and getting help like this. Absolutely, you're trying to create a community, and uh, that's yeah. fantastic. Oh, yeah, that's fantastic. And also the collaboration you're doing with Earthling Ed, that's awesome. Like, he's a great voice for the movement, and uh, I'm sure it will like spark a light on on what you're doing, and that's that's absolutely fantastic. So. This one was a fantastic interview and um, I have the feeling like I've learned so much in such a short period of time (laughs) and probably you have heard this a thousand times. So sorry for that, but (laughs) let me tell you, your work is incredible and I definitely admire the whole project. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you for being a fantastic guest and I wish you to help many more farmers to actually turn their farms into sanctuaries. And thank you for everything you do. Thank you again. And thank you for the opportunity to be able to be part of this podcast. Really appreciate that. Awesome. Fantastic. (laughs) And for everyone listening, see you next time.